No, I have a lucky test drive. Whatever you can do at that point in time, 
do that to bring their mind to as much purity as you possibly can at that point. And, uh, in terms of, I think different teaching at different times without it possible to inspire. Like maybe, you know, during our everyday life, inspire to be reborn and, I don't know, say, human and a particular country or in a particular realm. I'm just wondering about that. And I'm also wondering, like, in terms of the human realm, I mean, it seems to be becoming quite a problematic realm. Like, mm-hmm. is it beautiful to inspire to be reborn? Yeah. It's like, it's, these things are possible to do. Um, it's, it's not easy to do it, but it is possible to do But what you have to do is, Whatever it is, you have to aim for the highest possible, aim for the highest thing possible that you possibly can. It's like, obviously at the moment, yeah, the world is, it's a bit, uh, tumultuous or whatever, but, you know, there's still the Buddha Sasana around at the moment. So this, this is already a good thing. So, but the bottom line is you need to, whatever, whatever sort of aspiration you have, you should always be aspiring for the highest and to be moving the mind up as much as you can. So like maybe if you meant up, and human life is the opportunity to practice Dharma is still actually the most important. Yeah, that's right, but you should aim high. You should like uh, aim for higher than that, because what happens is at the time of death, uh, even though you might be aiming, uh, if you're trying to aim for the human realm, it might go down. It might go down. So it's better to aim higher and maybe fall back into the human realm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had a question uh, briefly. My parents and I come from Sangha that uh, has um, so, sort of the view that um, samadhi at times um, is something that can be used to almost block out experience yeah, yeah. and authenticity. And, and I have seen that in some Western practitioners. There's so much coming at them. And samadhi really does become a means of oppression, and, and there is a certain brittleness and shallowness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and as a monastic, it, it seems there is a lot of receptive space in the day to kind of let stuff and emotions come up and deal with it, and then to cultivate samadhi and practice, but sometimes that's not there as a lay practitioner. And I wondered if the Ajahn wanted to sort of, uh, if you could briefly address kind of the view uh, that, that sort of issue with samadhi being. Uh, he said, you really have to understand the benefit, what actually samadhi does for you. Samadhi is something that, that brings the mind together and from that, from that point in time you can see clearly, you can see clearly the rest of your experience. If you don't have that stillness there, the mind is, it's all over the place and you can't, you can't actually see see reality for what it really is. It's, it's, it's like a distorted version of reality. So when you do have that calm, that's when you can actually really ex- experience these things and understand these things and see these things clearly. I can put it like a time. So therefore, you know, this, this is why it's so important. It's because one, you can... Uh, that this this calm of the mind this can help you one understand everything that's around you in the outside world and also experience uh, understand everything that you experience uh, inside within this mind and this body. So this is why samadhi just has so many benefits on so many levels. So, but samadhi at that level that you're sort of saying that it would you know suppress experience or whatever that's that's like quite very very deep samadhi. Um, it's not something you really have to be worried about for now. It, it's very hard to get that level of samadhi. 
So what you have to worry about now is like using whatever calm you've got in the mind, and like whatever level of calm it is to investigate investigate your your experience as, as a human being. You use this, and whatever level of calm you've got, you use that to experience. So, because you do this, you do this so you can understand the truth. And what this does, if you if you develop samadhi and you're also using that that calm there to investigate this thing, what this will help you do is to help you develop your wisdom more. Basically, it'll move back and forth like this, and this this is what will eventually give you the power to actually break through and see the Dharma and understand things as they really are. So always at the start of the practice we have this we have this sort of intellectual understanding that we need to develop we need to develop morality, we need to develop concentration, and we need to develop wisdom. And a lot of times we we tend to we tend to uh, go more for wisdom. We think, oh well you know this is this is what we really need to develop. Um, so you don't give that much importance to samadhi. Um, and that's, that's really because you haven't seen the fruits of samadhi yet. You haven't seen the, the, the benefits that it does. You know, but this is fine. This is, you know, it's still, you're still developing good wholesome qualities. So this is, it's good to develop wisdom anyway. So what you need to, what you need to do is just do what you're doing. You, you develop wisdom, you investigate, uh, you investigate your experience and, you know, you investigate, you use that to, to help build your samadhi as well. Your samadhi, you know, will get a little bit better every now and again. Um, but what will happen is the more you do this, the more power that both your wisdom and your samadhi will have. So then one day it, it, you'll, you will, you'll be practicing and what will happen is whether you're you know, walking meditation, sitting meditation, whatever postures the mind in, when the mind does actually have this power and the mind starts to gather together and the mind gathers together in samadhi, you'll see it's like, wow, this is something that really does have a lot of benefit. This is something that really is... Uh, special. This is something that you really do need to actually to, to see the Dharma and to understand the Dharma. So, but this this will take time. This will come in time. So, what you need to do is just to keep doing what, what you're already doing. is developing wisdom, but also developing samadhi and tandem as well. When you do finally see this, and the mind starts does start to become very strong, very solid. This is where you'll be able to start to see more of the the moods and emotions and the mental impressions that come up in the mind. You start to see that there's all the liking that arises in the mind, all the disliking that arises in the mind. And from there, with that, that power of that samadhi, you'll be able to understand it clearly and to really actually break through and see the Dharma. But you know, if you don't have that power there to actually break through, it's, 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 it's not going to be it's not going to be enough there. Put like so, just from whatever samadhi you're developing, this is what this is already helping you to do. Is is it's helping you to understand all these moods and emotions that come up. And the more you do it, the more you're able to understand these moods and emotions that come up. And you know, eventually, it'll your understanding and will become clearer and clearer as you go along. What does it mean to see that? Let me get a pen. Let me get a pen. So I'll... 
No. So what's seeing the Dhamma is, what that actually means is to see the truth and to see the truth of existence and see the truth of the way things, the way things actually really are. Um, um, the way things really are is, is that we're, we're subject, we, we have, we have these five khandas, we have, uh, this, this, this form, feeling, perception, formations, and consciousness, we have this. And what's actually happening is the mind's attaching to these, these five khandas as, as the self. So, and this is, this is what is the cause of all our suffering, this attachment to these five khandas. And so, what we need to do is, we need to understand and the reason we practice is so we can break through and see that these five khandas are just simply, they're impermanent, they're suffering and they're not self. The more we can start to do that in our practice, the more we start to, the more we let go of the five khandas, the, the less attachment that we have to them. The stronger our practice is, the less greed, hatred and delusion are in the mind. Even though they might come up for, for a period of time, they're not, their, their power isn't as strong, we can let them go a lot easier. And the more we can do this, we can, the more we can, uh, let go of these unwholesome, uh, uh, mind states, you know. This is where we'll start to experience more and more happiness in the mind, more clarity, more peace, more purity. You know, and so the way, the way to actually do that and the way to get to, to get to this point is to do what we're doing now is like what we're doing is at this point in time is we're building barami. So building, so building barami through developing morality, we're building barami through Developing samadhi, we're building barami through developing wisdom. You know, this this is this is this is what really means by building barami in um, in, in the sense of this word. What happens? The more you do this, the more these three factors of of developing morality, uh, concentration, and wisdom, they'll go back and forth. And what they'll do is they'll give each other power. They'll um, and so the more power that that uh, morality, concentration, and wisdom have. The less the defilements become in the mind, and, and it, it's it's like the stronger they get, the weaker the defilements get. The weaker the defilements get, the, the clearer your wisdom is, and the clearer you can see through the truth of this body. Until one day, samadhi starts to become very, very firm. It, it, it gets to the point where it doesn't go back and doesn't slide back anymore. It becomes very firm, very stable. It stays like that for a long time. And when the mind does become that firm in samadhi, this is when one's morality starts to become very, very firm as well. Um, and when, once, once one morality is very, very firm, that wisdom will be there as well that can really start to break through and really start to, 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 to pick away at the, at the more refined performance that are in the mind. Um, and what this, what this means, what this, if you say it from a Buddhist text, this is where the, the incis, which is like the, the powers, they're, they're the strongest point at this point in time. And when, when you're, oh, indriyas, sorry, the, the indriyas, the indriyas are, are very, very strong at that point. And at that point, this is, this is the point where one can really cut, start to cut through, cut through all the defilements, cut through the coarser defilements and the more re- refined defilements. When the mind does get to this point and can cut through this, this is where one starts to see that this body is simply, it's, in, it's, it's simply empty of any inherent self. The body really is not self. And so when, when the mind actually does see through this and cuts through this clearly, this is where the mind goes beyond the world at this point in time. Um, so this is, and this is what it means to actually to, uh, to see the Dharma and to experience enlightenment. And so this is, this is the goal that every one of us are practicing for.
So, you know, to get to this point, you know, we, we just, we do what we're doing now, we're, we're on the path, we're walking along the path already, you know, and what we're walking towards is we're walking towards trying to see the Dhamma. So maybe, you know, maybe at the start now you sort of think it's like, oh, well, you know, that could be like a very long time away, I don't know, I don't know how far away I am from that, that, that end goal. Um, you always think, oh, when am I going to see this? You know, the reality is, is like you don't know when you're going to get there, you don't know when it's going to, uh, when your environment is going to be enough that you will actually see the Dharma. But, you know, that, that's not the thing that matters, how long it takes or when it's going to happen. This isn't the important thing. What is important is that you keep consistently moving forward, you keep walking. And what's actually really happening is every step that you take along the path, you're getting closer to seeing the Dharma. You know, but to, you know, to get to that, to that end point, you know, it, it, you know, maybe it might take a while, um, to get to that point of real clarity and real breakthrough into the Dharma. But that, you know, that doesn't matter. The, the closer you move towards that goal, you know, the better the mind becomes, everything in your life becomes better from that. You know, so just, you just have to keep walking along the path and eventually you'll get there. And eventually you'll get to the point where your wisdom is strong enough to see through, to see the Dharma. Yeah, there's no re- there's no need to really like separate things and try and go okay, we'll do this at that time and do that at another time. You know, it's, these 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 qualities are things that you should be just developing in tandem at all times. So just for example, every time every time that you sit meditation before you sit. Yeah, you can, you do some metta, you know, you say, you think, well, you know, may I be happy, may all beings be happy, you know, we're all in the same boat, we're all, we're all subject to birth, aging, sickness and death, all of us, we, we all want happiness, none of us want suffering, you know, if we're all subject to this, why, you know, why should I be angry at anyone, um, and so, and so you, this is, this is something that you can start the meditation off with, and then from there, it's like, this is the point where you start to develop more sati, uh, develop more mindfulness on some sort of object. Um, you're developing study at that point in time, and this is the point where you're, tr- you're bringing the mind in. You're bringing, bringing the mind in to see what's, what's sort of going on inside. And, so, and you'll start to notice the stronger your mindfulness is, you know, the liking and the disliking that starts to arise in the mind. And the more mindfulness you have there, you know, the, the calmer and calmer the mind becomes. And the reason we're building this calm in the mind is for it to actually to have enough strength to, to, to see the truth of our existence, that, you know, um, that everything's in permanent suffering and not self, you know. And so this is to see, for seeing the Dharma. So this is not something you really have to like separate a lot. It's just, it's something that you should be developing in tandem, just as you practice along. So if you if you have that experience where you feel like you know the mind just can't go in and the mind can't go in and investigate at that point in time, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, just 
let the mind rest in as much stillness and uh, as much peace as it possibly can. Um, because when the mind does become still and calm, this is, this is like the natural base of the mind. And so, if you can get the mind to that point, this is, this is a good thing already. Um, so, but what you'll, you'll start to notice, after the mind rests in that, in that natural state for a while, the mind will start to move. It will start to just gradually, gradually move. So at that point in time, you can really see the mind. You can, um, and you can see it, and that's where that's when you can start to investigate, um, and you'll have that, that that courage there to investigate. Um, you'll, you know, you can see that these thoughts they just come up and they, they they pass away. They come up and they pass away, and you'll see that these these thoughts are impermanent. These thoughts are something that aren't sure. And from there, you know, once you can see that, you'll be, you'll be able to really see the body. You know, it'll be easier for you to understand the body as well. You know, this this is this is a, this is a, this is an entity that's, that's that's impermanent as well. So, you know, if if the mind's calm, you know, that's fine. You know, there's no need to try and pull it out to try and investigate or anything like that. You know, just leave it. Let the mind, because leaving the mind in samadhi is like letting the mind rest and letting the mind have. Uh, becoming rested and becoming rejuvenated. Um, when it does start to move, it, once it, when the mind does start to move, because the mind is rested and rejuvenated, it will have more power there, it will have more confidence there, and it will be able to see, see these, uh, these thoughts that come up and be able to see them more and catch them more and see that they're impermanent. But on the flip side of that as well, it's like you can't investigate too much either. You know, if, if you find that you're getting to the point where you're really starting to think and investigate a lot, what's actually happening at that point in time is it's like you're, you're using your memory. You're not actually using uh, pure wisdom. You're not using true wisdom. So at that point in time, you'll, you'll notice that the mind starts to become very tired, very um, uh, dull and lethargic. So what you need to do then is, once again, bring it back and, and to, uh, bring the mind back to calm. That'll once again give it the energy to be able to to to, uh, to investigate. So you know you need a balance because the, the main point here is you need a balance between the two. You need to do, you know develop wisdom but not go over the point too much where it's just becoming memory. And you know you need to, to balance that out with samadhi. So you know so you just you go back and forth like this. You know, so so the development of meditation, and uh, this is this is something that you know that, that has probably the most benefit that you can possibly imagine. You know, the development of of calm and concentration, the development of samadhi. This is something that's really really good because what this does, it it helps give rise to wisdom. Um, it helps. It's that, it's that foundation from where true wisdom will grow. And once one once one does have that that foundation in true wisdom, then it'll. It'll be the cause for your for your morality to become a lot firmer and a lot more stable. Um, and once again, this this three the, the threefold training of, of morality, concentration, and wisdom it, it revolves around like this. And it, the more it revolves around, the more power that it has. And the, basically, all the all the factors of the eightfold path they become stronger together. They're not something that just develops one and develops the other. It, it works. They all work in unison. So. But for the Eightfold Path and for Sila Samadhi and Panya to develop, you know, you need to put forth effort. You know, it's not just something you can uh, hope will happen. You need to um, put forth the effort in meditation. But you have to put forth effort in with with the attitude of letting go as well. You can't you can't uh, develop the Eightfold Path by attaching 
by attaching to the practice and, and to being you know, sort of like stressed out about the practice and taking it too seriously. You know, you, have, you just have to realize like some days your meditation is good, some days, some days your mind might be very, very calm, other days, then, you know, the next day it's terrible. Um, you know, but this is fine, this is, this is how the practice goes. Some days you, you might start to find in the practice you're, you're becoming too tense, you're becoming too, um, you're trying too hard in the practice, so at that point in time you need to let go a little bit more. Um, but at other times you might find you're becoming too slack, so you have to let go of that slackness and to put forth a little bit more effort. So, you know, you need the balance, you need to, the, the practice needs to be balanced, and it needs to be balanced by having that attitude of being able to let go in every situation. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so that's why it's, it's important to develop meditation and to do it on a, on a continuous basis and just to keep gradually doing it and continually doing it every day. So whatever doubts that you have about the practice or any sort of uh, ideas or whatever that you have, mainly the doubts, you know, don't, you know, don't worry about the doubts for now. Just, just let, leave the doubts aside, to put them down for the moment. You know, the more you practice, the less and less those doubts will become. And, um, you know, you know, even though even though you're doubting about the practice, it, it you know this doesn't matter. It's like is this the right way to do it? Is that the right way to do it? Should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? It doesn't matter as long as you're doing the practice. You're meditating. You know, this is this is this is what will gradually keep you moving you forward. Uh, a lot of the times you're always thinking is like you know how should I practice? You know how how should I do these kinds of things? What this actually is? This is like this is like a a, a hindrance. This is, this is a hindrance that's in your way to actually to, to develop more. So if you follow these doubts, you, your, your meditation isn't going to move forward. But if you can just put the doubts aside and just keep practicing, even though you might still be doubting, just keep practicing. Um, because the more you keep practicing, the more mindfulness you develop and the less and less the doubts will become. You know, there's, there's no, there's no use uh, trying to trying to work out how it will work and how you should try to, you know, should try to do it. Because so basically, in essence, what this will do, this will just confuse you. Um, you know, something that's, you know, that, that everybody has is, is the breath, and this is this is something that's suitable for everyone to use. Everyone has a breath. Everyone can use it. It's 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 a good like middle middle of the road sort of kamatana. You know. Um, but for people maybe that, that think a lot, maybe doubt a lot, um, you know, something that's good for them is to, to, to investigate emptiness and just to sort of see everything is inherently empty. Um, you know, so what you have to understand is, for example, if you're trying to use like some sort of meditation word, like for example, butto, um, this, what, what the, the role of a meditation word is, is to, to stop the thoughts. And to, and to bring the mind to stillness. So if 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 you see that there's, the mind isn't coming to stillness, you know, then this is this isn't really the, the meditation object isn't working. 
But if, if you do this, and you know, for example, you do Bhutthoa like, and you can think of the good qualities of the Buddha, you use the meditation word there as well, and the mind becomes calm, then you sort of see, oh, okay, this, this, this meditation object works for me, because it's brought my mind to calm. So, you know, Buddha is good for someone who has maybe like a lot of faith, um, you know, especially Asians, they can use Buddha a lot more, they have that just sort of that in-ground faith. But for Westerners, we, we tend to think a lot more, we're sort of a lot more analytical. So, you know, contemplation, like, work seems to work a lot more for us. You know, it's normal. It's normal for for each and every one of us that are like on the on the path of Dharma. You know, we're all we're all wishing to do good. We're all wanting to develop ourselves as as best as we possibly can. So um, you have to understand what a, what a deva actually is. A deva is someone who is like like noble, uh, someone that is like a pure and nobler. Um, so and, and what this actually is is like a pure noble mind. Um, you know, and this is this is exactly the same as someone who's uh, trying to develop this goodness. So the mind's like on the same kind of le- the mind can be on the same kind of level. Um, and so if somebody is developing this goodness, you know, this this goodness is the thing that's going to guide you in your life to, to whichever situation that you're uh, you happen to be going to. Um, you know, but you know, but sometimes maybe yeah, there's some maybe there's sometimes if you're sitting meditation or whatever, you might see like an a nimitta or an image that might be like a deva or something. Um, or maybe just in your sleep, in your dreaming, you might see you might see a deva or something. Usually, usually what they're what they're trying to do at that point in time is to to come down and just to encourage you to keep developing this goodness. Uh, yeah. Before he came to Australia, mm. maybe a couple of weeks before he came to Australia, mm. I I made a determination mm. to the Davis. I said, may it be because I was having a hard time, mm-hmm. having a hard time in my practice, and I mm-hmm. said, may it be for my benefit that I receive Buddha relics. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, Tony Jung came and he gave me Buddha relics. No. Yeah. Is that like a coincidence? Is yeah. that because they want to help me, or is mm-hmm. that what is that? 
Yeah, it, you, you, you know, you can call it you can call it a coincidence if you like, but you know, you really for a coincidence like that to happen, you know, you really have to have you have to have a good amount of merit already. You have to have a good amount of barami already to receive that, um, and to to do that kind of tavatitana, you know, it's like you know, you're asking for help, sort of thing, and to, to build that good wholesome quality. It's like you know the devas can hear if you make that really really strong determinations. They can hear and they they can help at that point in time. So so to actually to get the devas to help you, you need you need a you need a good amount of barami already um, and good amount of merit already. So but you know you can't get those good things without the help of the devas as well. So it's Around. Yeah, like, <coughs> yeah, the David is just in general, they don't like. They don't like busyness, they don't like things that are, you know, all over the place sort of thing. It's like, it's, it's, it feels like hot to them. Um, you know, so yeah, obviously the city, it is more of a, um, it's a place where like a lot of people living, maybe people not keeping as good a morality. So, you know, they, they, they do tend to like, to like cooler places. So they'll, they'll just sort of naturally gravitate more towards cooler places. Okay. I have one question, but I actually, I've been to ask it just to have kept that husband for a long time. I've read a bit about the chitta um, yeah. in, in the mind and uh, that thinking is one aspect of it. Mm. Um, and then I, I've read a great deal about, or you know, some about the one who knows mm-hmm. and, and how that's the one constant. Um, through all times, but also that you can't really talk about it, and that it's intimately related to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was curious briefly, is the chitta the one who knows, or is it separate? How, how is the mind um, related to that essence? Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, you have to... You have to understand what what the pool rule, what that actually is. The pool rule is is like is like the one that knows the knowing. Um, but you know, to have that, to just from developing calm in the mind, there's still no wisdom there. So the one who knows, obviously, that that has has wisdom there. So maybe maybe if the mind is calm and you can understand the mind to the ticker at one point, you know, it's it's you can understand it to one level, but there's still no real wisdom there to actually to see what it really is. Because what's actually happening there is like you're, you're thinking intellectually about the pool, and what you're doing is attaching, attaching to the to the to the one that knows. So what you're actually making yourself into being is instead of the pool rule, you're becoming the pool long, which means it's like the one who knows, and you're becoming the one who is more and more deluded. So you know, what is happening at that point in time? You know, there's the the things that are coming into the mind. You know, the, the different kinds of mental impressions, the moods, the emotions, all these kinds of things, you're attaching to that more and more. But the more you can develop wholesome qualities in the practice, when you do have these, when you do have these mental impressions coming on the mind, if your mindfulness is very, very strong and your, the more, sorry, the more strong your mindfulness is, the more strong your wisdom will be. 
And the more stronger your wisdom will be, the, the more you'll have that element of knowing within the mind. The more you have, the more sapitanya you have, the more element of knowing you you have in the mind. And this, this is this is what it, this is what really is like the full rule, the the one who knows. Um, when you do when you do really experience this full rule, the the one that knows, this is the point where you really start to uh, become rid of suffering. Um, but you have to build up to get to that point. It's not just something you can jump straight to. So you have to practice a lot. You have to build up to this point. But if you never try to build up to that point, you'll never know. Is, is, is the No, it's a different thing. It's a totally different thing. Um, the vipassana, the vip, like the vipassana pilates, this is, this is, this is an, like an obstacle, an obstacle in the practice. Um, uh, and the full long, this is, this is like the one who is deluded. You know, this is deluded by the moods and emotions that we experience. So, like for example, the vipassana, like a vipassana pilates, if the mind becomes very, very calm, very bright, very still. And you start to think, oh, well, this is enlightenment. This is this is an actual obstacle towards enlightenment. So this is this is more what a vipassanal kilesa is. It's it, it's like an obstacle that's there. But the pulong, the one that is deluded, that's like that's that's the mind uh, becoming deluded in these different kinds of emotions and uh, moods and emotions that we experience and the different kinds of um, mental impressions that are there. So, for example, uh, the different kinds of states that we experience. Um, that's more what the full long is. So the vipassana ukulele is more, more an obstacle, but the full long is the one that's deluded at that point in time. Yeah. So we'll, the full long is the one who attaches to these things, not the actual ob- ob- obstacle that is being attached to. But you know, this 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 knowing this isn't like the full. Full big one. This is this is knowing just a little bit at a time, so it's gradually getting clearer. Was Taylor and I months before? Yeah, obviously. Obviously, it has to be some some kind of karmic connection there. It's like you know, you meet each other and you see each other and you have like a good rapport with each other. It's like there has to be some sort of karmic connection there. Okay. I don't have uh, like, I don't know, excited. No, it's the either either side of that wrong. You know, everywhere in the world and everyone in the world there's there's people that have the faculties there to be able to, to see the Dharma and to practice the Dharma and to experience the good results of the Dharma. You know, the Buddha isn't something that's the Buddha isn't something that's just uh, specific for one specific country or whatever. You know, the, the Buddha, the, you know, what what Buddha is, is is like this awakening, this knowing. It's, you know, this is this is a quality that everyone can develop. 
Um, so anyone that has faith, you know, anyone can practice the Dharma. It doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter who you are. Anyone can actually practice the Dharma. If you have that faith, then you're going to follow the teachings, you know. But if you know, if you if you don't have that faith, there's you know the the opportunity is going to pass you by. It doesn't. These things don't matter where you're from or who you are. So it, it's the Dharma is there for people for people to practice. It doesn't really matter where they're from or who is practicing it. Um, one of my favorite teachings from Ajahn Chah, he, he said, the darker it becomes out here, the lighter it becomes out here, the darker it becomes in here. Mm. And I'm just wondering if you, if, if you think because there is, if you have a view in the world, because the world is becoming more light out here, mm. the people's hearts are less receptive to the Dharma. Yeah, it's a lot harder, it's a lot harder these days. Um, <clears throat> because basically what's happening is, is because... Yeah, it, it, it is becoming a lot darker because what's happening is, is you know, the world you know, is becoming more and more developed. Um, so what's happening is, 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 is that's actually making the, like, the world darker and darker. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to gratify to gratify the senses these days, it's easier to get things. This, this uh, instant gratification is more and more. Um, so it's a lot. It's obviously a lot harder than it was in the past. You know, if if one has no wisdom, then one is just going to keep trying to, to go for these things. And what's going to happen is, the less wisdom one has, the 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 more they'll move towards the darkness and they'll move towards these sort of sensual indulgences. If one does have wisdom, they'll start to search for a way out of this and see that this is not the right way to go. Because what's happening is because the world becomes more and more dark, it becomes develops more, it becomes more and more darker. People's minds have more and more greed, they have more hatred, they have more delusion, there's more restless thinking within the mind, there's less stillness in the mind. Um, this is this is something that's happening a lot more just in society in general than, than it did, you know, did in the older days. There wasn't as much stimulus there for people in the older days. Wisdom there to be able to deal with and to be able to investigate it clearly. It's it's it just becomes it's it's uh, it's just it's worse and worse for someone that in that um, <coughs> in that situation. You know, for someone that does have the wisdom, they'll be able to see. You know, the world is just like this. This is this is the natural state of the world. I can't do anything with it. It's, that's just simply the way the world is. Those that don't see that, they, their mind gets pulled more into it and becomes more and more attached to it. So. It's good if you actually do have that wisdom there and that intelligence there, but if you don't have that wisdom there and intelligence there, it just it brings you even further and further down. Is there hope still in like, let's say, now you can see the poverty and people, yeah, the people working to get farther down with, let's say, poverty or child, so you know, you say that, is there hope there? Or, like, 
you know, you have, you have to understand, and you know, this, this is the way the world is. The world is, is like this, it's always been like this, it always will be like this. Obviously, yeah, there's some good, there's some good, there's people helping, you know, but you know, there's, there's also a lot of people that are just stuck in greed, hatred and delusion. Um, if you have, if you have enough satipanya that you are one of these good people, you, what you're going to try to do is to develop as much goodness you can within yourself. Um, because if you develop that goodness within yourself, then you can really actually go and help others. And, you know, you have to sort of, and you'll realize as well, you're helping others, but, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a point that you can help them to. Um, you know, you, you build your own goodness and you help people in whatever way you can. And so this, you know, this is, this is, this is a good thing to do. Um, but, you know, basically most people, is, they're subject to their own karma and they, you know, they're basically, the mind is just continually going down and down and down. So now, you know, you have this, you actually have this really, really good opportunity that we've been born as humans. So you have to use this opportunity as best you can to develop this goodness and to develop meditation as much as you possibly can. <coughs> you know, whoever's whoever's mind is pure, this this being they they just it's just the natural state of their mind that they have just boundless meta anyway. So you know you have to understand that you know the 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 mind is one thing and the outside appearances is another. Um, you know, a lot of times, if to say, for example, a being is pure like this, on you know, on the inside they're pure, and their heart is just pure matter. But maybe sometimes on the outside they might express uh, 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 actions or words that, that seem like maybe they're angry. Um, you have to realize that it's, it's, these are two very, very separate things. Um, you know, because even if they even if they express that uh, fierceness or whatever, it's actually coming from a heart of matter. They're wanting to help. That, and they're seeing that they that that that's what needs to happen in that in in that situation. So, for example, like like Ajahn Chah, it's like Ajahn um, didn't say this, but I'll just add it. Like for, for Westerners, we sort of see him as this like lovely, you know, happy Zen sort of you know, cuddly guy sort of thing. But for Thai, he was like super fierce. He was like you know, like really really fierce. So so the Ajahn, you know, the Ajahn was quite scared of him sort of thing. So I guess that's what the Ajahn say now. But you know. Although Ajahn Chah was very, very fierce, he really did have this pure matter. It was, you know, it, was, it just emanated from him, no matter what he was doing. You know, the outside is one thing, you know, but the inside is it's, it's a totally different thing. Um, what you have to understand is, and like metta isn't something that's an outside appearance. This is, you know, someone that speaks well, someone that's maybe polite, um, someone that you know does these things on the outside. Um, you, you might think, oh, this person has a lot of matter. Maybe their mind isn't, you know, their mind isn't in a good state. That person isn't pure. That person doesn't really have pure matter. But you might get someone who is like very fierce, really sort of, you know, like for example, like Longta Mahavur, he was ridiculously fierce, ridiculously scary. But he had his mind was, it was just, it had boundless matter. So you can't see from the outside who really has matter. It's something you can't see. It's like this is something that comes from the inside. 